0: Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's good to be here. Um, There's so so much that has already been said this morning. And I have been really encouraged by the testimony. In fact, it sort of underlines what I believe the Lord Gave me. You know, sometimes when you when you're preparing, and for those of us that minister, you you prepare early and you make your notes, and then further down the week, you think the Lord might be saying something different, and you're almost tempted to go and change what you uh, what He's giving you in the first place. Um, but I stuck with it, and I, and and God just confirmed and who the service and what has gone on so far that that's what he wants me to bring to the church. I want you to know this morning that you are chosen vessels of the Lord. You may not feel that way. You may not think you are. But as long as you are born again, as long as you are a child of God, you are a chosen vessel of God. And God cares so much about you. I mean, there are so many things that have happened in my life that, um, and that sometimes want to make me even question who I am, even question what I believe. God has laid a foundation in my life and I believe he's doing the same for you that when those times of testing and trials and difficulty comes, when you hit rock bottom, that his hands are there. You could go no further than that and he brings you back up. He wants me to say to you that you are loved you may not feel loved the things that you may be going through contradicts that but he wants you to know that one of the things i have learned going up and going up as a christian and the faith is where you get past the point of your feelings where your feelings don't line up with what god is saying in his word how do you cope with that? I remember when I was a young Christian, you know, this, this um, I, had a, I had a minister that came from Kenya, I was back home in Syria, and I preached a message on the eagle Christian. And he said something like, describing how the, the eagle uh, operates and, and that they have when the, the, the billionaires and high mountains and Oak trees and far away from you know from little petty animals and whatnot. But what what, he, what the eagle does was uh, to build a nest. Is that it builds the out the framework of the nest with thorns and and, and rugged um, and rugged branches and and then what he does is then he covers that nest with feathers. And then the young eaglets are born. And they're born into this cushion, covered nest, cozy, warm, comfortable. And then he gets to a stage where after a, 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 in probably weeks, months of feeding, and the, the, the mother eglets, eagle has to train these kids, these young eaglets, how to fly, and how to begin to go out and hunt for themselves. And what the, what the mother eagle, eagle would do was is to come to the, the nest to bank her wings against the nest and flutter her wings. And all the feathers would come off the nest. And the young eaglets would then drop onto this bare, hard, thorny, rough framework. And they would feel uncomfortable. And then she would then... Ha- Bang her wings close to the nest and they would jump onto the wings because they want to feel comfortable in the wings. And then, what the, the, the eagle would do, would fly, fly with these eaglets, take them way up, and then drops them. Now, can you imagine? Drops them. And, and the eagle would watch these, these young eaglets drop, trying to trying to survive, trying to find whether they could fly, and drop them, and, he, and the, the, the eagle would travel all the way with them. And before they would hit the ground, they swoop underneath all of them and catch them on the wings and bring them back and put them back in the nest. Do that a couple of times, and then they begin to learn how to fly. I remember that story well, that illustration well, because that's how we are when we get saved, when we get born again, and, and uh, we're cushioned by the Lord. We're in a, we're in a place where we're excited. We want to do the things that God is asking us to do. But then it comes a time when it seems like all those emotions wear off, all those feelings fade away, and you begin to doubt whether you actually, <laughs> you actually were saved. I'm saying all this to say to you, that God has you covered. God has you in the palm of his hands. God knows you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God's love for you and me is everlasting. If you're his child, I want you to know, regardless of your struggles, regardless of you and I missing the mark, God's love for you and me does not fluctuate or change. Ours may change, but his love for us doesn't change. And as I was thinking through all of these things and preparing, and the Lord gave me the word. And he says, tell my people, they are my chosen vessel. And as chosen vessel Tell them that they carry within them a treasure. A treasure. And you know, some of us may not think or know that we carry a treasure. But that's what God wants you to know today. So if you go to your Bibles, just turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to read a f- few verses. I'm going to try not to be long so we can have some time. Of prayer pastor Samson in your testimony I mean all the testimonies were good this morning but really really encouraged me and again it just underlines what God wants, his, wants us to hear this morning you see because if you hadn't that treasure in you you would not be here second Corinthians chapter 4 I want to read from verse 6 to verse 11 And he said for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ verse 7 but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us verse 8 we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that in the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. This treasure that we carry, brothers and sisters it's purchased has been purchased by the precious blood of Christ himself Amen. this treasure is complete it makes us complete the Bible says Paul says in Colossians we are complete in Christ there are no half Christians they are no in between Christians we are totally wholly complete in Christ. We have everything everything God has given me and you that pertains to this life and the way we live and to godliness. We lack nothing. This treasure that we carry within us is resilient that when we go through difficult times, challenging times, it doesn't overcome us. The testimonies this morning prove that. The treasure we carry is indestructible. Circumstances cannot destroy. The treasure we carry adds value. Makes us valuable. Valuable. Regardless of our feelings, saints, I want to stress this, because I have have been there and I will still continue to be there. Our feelings are not what dictates the reality of our relationship with Christ. It doesn't. We need to come to the place where we wholly and fully accept what he says in his word. That defines us. Our identity is based in who God say we are. It's totally tied up in Christ. The Bible says that he who is joined to the, to the Lord is one spirit with Him. I think the difficulty I have, I have come to understand and find out, and I have learned this not too long ago, is that we we don't understand the treasure within us. The treasure we carry is Christ Himself. The Bible says, "Is Christ in us the hope of glory?" If He dwells within us, but we we search for that dwelling and His place within us with our feelings, it cannot be felt that way. Because he is a spirit, the Bible says, "Those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth." And it's a must. It's not about our feelings in worship. It's not our feelings in relationship with him. It's about the knowing that he dwells within us, and there is a spirit part of us that is totally whole and one hundred percent Christ. I know that's that's. That's hard for some of you to understand or take it, but take it this way. The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we now in this world. The only part of us that is as Jesus is and that we are is our spirit that has been made new. In our spirit dwells completely the fullness of Christ. And the challenge we have as we grow and mature is where Paul tells us therefore renew your mind so that you begin to get understanding of who you are in Christ of who it is that dwells within you. Change the way you think about who you are. Change the way you think about circumstances you are facing. Begin to trust and believe the word of God James talks about the scripture as a mirror the only way we can see that treasure we can see who Christ is within us is when we come back into the word of God we cannot feel him but he is present the part, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is within us I mean when we read these things when I used to read it, it used to boggle my mind, I can't, I can't put it together. But as, as we grow, and we, as we spend time, and we're consistent in spending time in His presence, in taking the Word of God, and not just reading it, but meditating on it, thinking about it, turning it over, asking questions. When you're doing that, the, the, the Holy Spirit is present with you. That it goes past just understanding it, that you begin to apply it and to walk in it. That's when change comes in our lives. But we must first believe it. We must first believe it. That God has done all that he can do to bring us to himself. The treasure doesn't lose its value. I, I saw somebody demonstrated this years ago and took, took a five pound or 10 pound note and squashed it and threw it down. And I asked, is, it, is this still a 10 pounds note? Of course it is. Of course it is. It says, it's still a 10 pound, is, is it still valuable? Yes it is. Just because we miss the Mac, just because we do something wrong, just because we sin doesn't mean we lose that treasure. We lose the value of who we are. doesn't mean that. Yes, we have a responsibility to repent, to ask God's forgiveness, to make a, 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 a right standing with it. But God's position with us never changed. Never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The treasure is sealed, set away. That's the reason why what you do doesn't affect it, but it does affect your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't affect his relationship with you, but it affects your relationship with him. In Ephesians 1, Paul says this, one verse thirteen it says in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you believed, when you put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will. When you become born again, that, the old man is gone. The new man, spirit man, is sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's protected. The word that means protected. You are covered. You are protected. The devil can do absolutely nothing about you. He can do nothing with you unless you give him the permission to. The difficulty and the struggle and the learning call for us is how we deal with the flesh. This treasure, Paul says, God has placed in other vessels, this body. When the Bible speaks about vessels, it's talking about our body. In some cases, it talks about the, the soul-body combination. But it talks primarily about... Your body, the kai is within you, kai is is your spirit and your soul. And it's the dealing with this body that is our struggle. The vessel is made of clay. You remember when God sent, uh, I think it was Jeremiah, sent him down to the porter's house and to observe how the potter formulates and forms uh, uh the clay pot and, and and does his work. And Jeremiah stood there watching the, the potter meticulously you know um, molding and framing the the the, the 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 vessel. And and when I, I thought about that there was uh, somebody once said that if while the wheel is spinning and he's, he's shaping that vessel, and if there's any, there any rough age, if there's any, um, anything that uh, will cause uh, its rupture, it'll stop and it'll mash the whole thing up again. <laughs> Take it up and mash it up again and reform it. That's exactly what God would do with us. But God has seen it fit that he still, with all the weakness of the flesh, he still chooses to put himself inside of us. Paul says that it is a mystery that the God of creation can dwell within us. It's a mystery. But that is true. The psalmist says, in Psalm 40 verse two, "He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, and out of a Maori clay, where God took some of us and all of us from,' it was a horrible pit. We were messed up. It doesn't matter what image we presented to the world before we got saved, counts for nothing. Absolutely counts for nothing. It doesn't matter when, before you got saved. That the community you're living or the people, people held you in high esteem and, and you look you well, you well liked and you, you have this it counts for nothing. It counts for nothing. Until you come to Christ, you count for everything. Everything, everything changes. This vessel will be changed one day. Go to Second um, Corinthians, chapter five. Let's just look at um, yeah. Let's look at let's look at something about this, the problem of this body. Um, I'll just read from verse one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens you know Paul puts it another way in another scripture I think it's in Ephesians that we our bodies have been purchased we have purchased for us the same resurrected body Christ has we have that already purchased for us. A building not made with hands. And Paul calls it a purchased possession in Ephesians. Verse 2 of Second um, Corinthians 5 says, For in this, in this body, he's saying, we groan, honestly desiring to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. We are not just spirit after this earthly body dies. It's not just going to occupy a vacuum. God has purchased and prepared a body for us. That would be free from sickness. That would be free from pain. That would not decay. That would be... That it's so powerful that it goes through objects. Just like Jesus when he rose from the dead and his disciples were there in the room, he just appeared. Can you just begin to imagine that? We just... We just appear. Go through the walk, we just appear in the room. Along... I long to possess that. I long to possess that body. Therefore, the Bible tells us that we need to take care of our vessels. You are a chosen vessel. God says in his word, let every man know how to possess their own vessel." We have a responsibility, saints, to look after our vessel. What we eat, how we live, what we put in it, what what we hear, what our eyes see, the physical as well as the soulish part of us. And one of the things that um, I know a lot of people are confused, waiting, confused about, and when you, when you, when we talk about the part of us that is totally and 100% whole, saved, completely, as Christ says, that's the spirit man, why do we then still continue to sin? Why do we still continue to do things wrong? Why do we continue to miss the mark? If Christ that is totally whole, complete is in us, why do we continue to do that? And the answer simply is, the part of us that is not changed one hundred percent whole is our, our soul. Is not our soul has been parted Our soul is a process of time. That's why it's it's our responsibility to to feed on the word to renew our mind, so it begins to impact our soul. When God says to us and you and me that by His stripes we are healed, He's not lying. But we need to we need to come to that place where we. We understand it and we not just understand it, we begin to draw from that power. Draw from the well that is within us. Bible says, Paul says and John says, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Draw from that living well, draw from that power that is within us, so that it begins to affect not just our soul, but affect our bodies. We need to grow. We need to take care of a vessel. We need to spend time with the Lord. We need to get to understand how he feels, how he thinks. One of my, uh, my, my experience, and I've, I've learned from that, when I, I, when I go into my, my studies and close the door and, and, re, and reading my Bible, I don't just read my Bible just to get knowledge knowledge will come with it i read my bible conversationally that's the way i put it i sit there and i'm reading it but i'm having a conversation with the lord i i am conscious that he's present that's something that we need to cultivate know that when you open your word the word of god and you sit down there he is present with you. He says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. But we have to be to be conscious that He is present. So when I read my Bible conversation, I pause, I ask questions, and, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit begins to take you from one place in the scripture to another to explain what he means. You spend the time with with, with with God in His Word, you cultivate a relationship where you begin to know how your father feels. You begin to know how he thinks. If you if you don't spend time with your kids, or your kids don't spend time with you, they don't know you. My, my kids, my kids know how I feel from time to time. They almost guess what I'm thinking because of the time which the get to know you, get to know the Father. So that the, the treasure that is within you begins to work for you in all situations. We are living in times where if we don't embrace these truths, we don't embrace what God is saying, we are living in times very, very difficult, challenging, dang, dangerous times. We live in those times where we can die with the treasure within us. We can be at a place where we, we need provision and we die there not realizing we have a treasure within us. I mean when um, Pastor Samson was sharing his testimony about the doctors, the, the institutions we have these days, please, saints, don't rely on them. They, you, it, it's decay. They have no answers. They have no answers that can benefit, that can really benefit us. This, this word, and the treasure of Christ that dwells within us is enough. God is calling us to that place where we cannot just sense his love. We cannot just feel his presence. But we can live in his presence. We can live among people. We can be that shining light. We can be that testimony that helps somebody to move from darkness to light. In context, what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7 was was the treasure that he was actually talking about. Yes, he embodies Christ, but it is the glorious gospel, the, the riches of the gospel that's within us that we can share, that becomes evident in our daily walk and our daily living that others see the light and come to Christ. We carry a light within us. We are light. We are light in this dark world. But if we don't allow, if we allow the things of the world to occupy and obscure that light by not looking after our vessel, then it puts all that God may want to save around us in great danger. God is counting on us as his children, as his chosen vessel. God is counting on each one of us in here. As his chosen vessel, to make an impact in this dark world that we're living in. I want to close with what Paul said to young Timothy. If you go to Second Second Timothy. And I just want to read um, what Paul said to Timothy. This is, this is his mentor. Timothy was about, uh, Paul was about to be executed. He wrote this letter while he was in the dungeon, in a dark place. The end has come for him. And now he's, he's passing that baton on to his child in the faith, Timothy. And he writes this to him. I'll, I'll, read, from, I'll read from verse 1, chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'll read from verse 1 to conclude this word. It says... Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. I want us, as, as, as ladies, elders, teachers, to pay close attention to this instruction. Thou therefore endure hardness. Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he says, no man that woreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. We are getting to the place where this would have to be a reality in our lives. That he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that libereth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. And the Lord will give thee understanding in all things. When we come here, when God gives us that responsibility, the privilege to speak to his people. we, We need to say to you, consider what's been said. Go away and consider it. Think it over. Consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David raised from the dead according to my gospel. wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ, Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live within. If we suffer, we shall also reign within. If we deny him, he also will deny us suffering and pain and hardship as part of the Christian rule we cannot escape that but the treasure within us takes care of that verse 14 of these things puts them in remembrance charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. Not just empty words. We don't come and just talk empty words. We don't come and just talk about ourselves. We come bringing the word of God to you and to me. So that our lives can be changed. So we can live fulfilled lives. So we can, we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. So we can be strong. Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour he has a job to do we have our job to do Verse 15 start thee to show yourself thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth spend time in the word. that Paul is saying to Timothy it's one thing it's a good thing to come to church and Sunday that we come and gather and fellowship and encourage one another but that's not enough, saints. It is not enough. It is not enough because the, the enemy we are up against. Brother Victor was saying this morning. He knows the world, and and us as God's children don't know it as much as he does. How are we going to combat him? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. We see that's happening. God is saying to us, listen, don't get engaged with just vain talk. Don't hang around people that not going the way you are, don't want to know. About the God you serve, let your light shine amongst them, so that they can see and glorify your Father in heaven. Live the live the right life, but shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto, unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat up eat as doth a cancer. Of whom he of whom Hymenius. And Philetus, who concerning the truth, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrew the faith of some. What Paul was saying here to, to the church, and saying to young Timothy, listen, listen, he named two people that he was aware of. Two people he named. They were, they were false teachers. They taught the wrong things. They led people, people were led astray. People falter in their faith and in their walk with the Lord. We are living in those times, saints and church, and we need to be mindful of it. Verse 19, Paul says to, Timoth- to Timothy, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart. From iniquity. That's, it cannot be any clearer. Sometimes God doesn't call us to explain. Sometimes we just have to read the word into people's hearing. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Verse 20. But, but in a great house, this got me, but in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold or silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. That's chilling. I don't know how you feel when I read that. I don't know how you feel when I read that, but that's chilling. Paul is saying to Timothy, hey, son, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the crowd, don't be fooled by the audience, don't be fooled by the people in church garden. Paul is saying to Timothy, in a great house, there are vessels of gold and silver of food and scribble, some to honour and some to dishonour. And the challenge for us today in World Spring, because that's where I belong, that's where you belong, we need to examine our vessels, whether they are for honour or for dishonour. And we need to learn how we possess our vessel in sanctification, Paul says to the Thessalonians. We have treasure in these earthen vessels that the excellency of the power would be of God and not of ourselves. We carry power within us. We carry power within us. We carry Christ, the resurrected Christ, within us. It's my prayer that we begin to learn how to walk in that power. How to operate in that power. Do not allow the devil to bring you to a place of condemnation. God doesn't condemn us. Far, far from it. He's counting on us church. He's counting on us. I'm going to close here. I think Pastor Sampson did ask and I I do go with that that if you need prayer this morning and you want us to pray with you. I'll invite you to come forward. If you can if you can Stand and come forward. I'll invite you to come forward and ask the elders. And uh, we come and lay hands on you and exercise the authority and the power that God has placed within us that is not of ourselves. It is entirely not of us. That the prayer of the righteous avails much, accomplishes much. This is what we want to see happen in this house. In this place. And this is my prayer. For us. So let's just bow our heads as I close in prayer. And, and you feel a need to come. For us to pray. And. Uh, um, just come. Just come to the front. Just come. And come and stand in front of, in front of the altar. And we will, we will come and pray as the elders uh, to come and surround you. You do need to pray. Do not leave this house and do not leave this presence and go away knowing fully well that God invited you to come and receive from him and you did not So um, I'm inviting everybody to
1: come. Just come,
0: just, because, just come. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God.